0: Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland and I am very excited to be joined today by Michael Spinoza, the CEO of Unleashed Technologies. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time. Well, Thank you for having me. I found you because I am really fascinated by a somewhat forward-thinking idea that I think could really benefit a lot of charities as they consider how they connect with their audiences. But before I jump into that conversation, can you just provide a little background information about your business? What is Unleashed Technologies?
1: Certainly. Well, Unleash Technologies is an enterprise web and hosting firm. We're located out of Columbia, Maryland. Our focus is to help associations and commercial companies have the most success possible online, whether that be via websites, web applications, or anything related to web technologies.
0: So you understand how to make all that background stuff work. And a lot of the folks that we're trying to talk to in this podcast are the folks that want to talk to people. They want them engaged in their mission. So it's an exciting moment to go, what are the good and better ways to do this? And the absolute explosion in adoption of smartphone technologies has uh, just been unparalleled in in levels of new technologies penetrating people's spaces. So everybody uh, walks around these days with what my daughter affectionately refers to as the magic brick. Um, this device that connects us all the time anywhere to places we want to go but the best way to talk to people through those mobile-enhanced technologies is still, I think, a a question of evolution. We kind of got used to installing apps uh, on these uh, mobile devices in their earlier days, Um, and application-based communication um, has some pluses and minuses, but what I asked you to come and talk about today is sort of an evolution from that thinking towards something called progressive web apps. So let me start by just asking, can you define what's a a phone-based app versus what is a progressive web app?
1: Well, the best way that I can define it is by uh, actually talking about what the progressive web app is. And what it is, is the fusion of both worlds to create this perfect baby. And here's what I mean. (laughs) We have uh, applications, which we install, that have a lot of features, and they natively use the features and the capabilities of the phone. And then we have responsive websites and, and web. And they provide a different value. They're much, they're much easier to manage. And we said, what if we took the, the cost savings, the capabilities and the excitement of you know, responsive design and web websites, and we fuse that with all the exceptional functionality uh, available in an app. In between, we have the progressive web app, which is the best of both worlds for a truly unique experience.
0: I think that's a, a great short synopsis. So for, so for people that either feel like they have never used a progressive web app or uh, um, maybe have and just haven't been aware of the difference, um, it still functions and looks an awful lot to the outside user, much the way that a, an installed app looks and functions for most of us, right?
1: Correct. So when we're looking at so. When we look at a progressive web app, when we talked about fusing both of those worlds, we took the best things from both of those worlds. Worlds, and what's best from the uh, mobile application world is the user experience. So the the I like to call it the swooshing and swiping, mm-hmm. um, the really the really powerful interface that 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 seemingly that seemingly strong. I guess I don't want to be redundant here, but that strong interface where where people feel like they're immersed inside the application. Um, all of that comes to life inside the progressive web app. The progressive web app allows us to bring that same experience to a web technology that doesn't require us to install an app. It allows us to avoid what's bad about the app world and what's difficult about the app world, especially today when we talk about charities or associations, any particular group that's trying to move an app today in the app stores, whether that be on the Android or iOS platforms, they're lost in a sea of apps. Uh, they're, right. they're rarely downloaded. They're extremely expensive. It requires you manage multiple code bases. You have to be adapted to all these phones. But what if we could take that level of experience and give it the flexibility of the web? And that's what where the progressive web app really lands. I would argue with you. Steve, that you said earlier, I would almost guarantee almost everyone has interfaced with a progressive web app at this point, but they don't realize it in many, many instances. If you're a sports fan, you've definitely done so on the NFL or the NBA. Uh, If you are uh, a big social media person, if you've ever received notifications on your desktop from Facebook and you're not sure why because the tab wasn't open, those are progressive web app features that are happening in real time. The 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 value of the progressive web app is that it's accessible from all devices at all times from a single code base. So you're having a very similar experience across all of these devices.
0: Which I think is such an exciting thing for nonprofit organizations to think about how they could make that engagement with their constituencies, both people they're serving and people that they want to be supporters, potential donors, potential event attendees, all these things, um, more engaged in that mobile thing. And I I think many people here will be familiar now with the kind of mobile first ethos that has been talked about out there that, of course, you have a responsive site. Um, That's just a a given. This is how we're moving forward now. You've got to have... um, a website that that functions well on varying size devices with varying interfaces. But there's a whole different level, I think, to think, okay, I've got my mobile responsive site to I've got a site that functions on that mobile device in particular, and you were just pointing out cases where it also functions on the desktop, differently and more like uh, an app experience. One of the things I think is so compelling about this is the ability to do that push notification. So um, can you talk a little bit about uh, the advantage you see in working with clients that are thinking, I really want to be able to kind of prompt my supporters, my." Users, users that there's this new opportunity, this new thing, or they're, they've got this thing. But rather than wait for them to come to my website, if they've um, engaged with this uh, progressive web app, if they've um, decided to go ahead and use that, you get the chance to come back to them when you have something
1: to say. Absolutely. Push notifications are one of the most important features that come with progressive web apps. So being able to reach into someone's phone and have them see the information that you want them to see as direct as a notification, just like it would come from, let's say, uh, a Facebook or from uh, a missed call or notifying that you have a voicemail. This is a very, very powerful feature. Uh, It's helped a lot of associations, particularly in their fundraising modes. It's helped them when they're trying to drive engagement and bring their numbers up and get that message out there. One of the hardest things that uh, charities and associations face today is being able to consistently present a message um, that is being seen. Uh, push Push notifications really solve that in a very, very serious way. And it, it, it's a tremendous experience.
0: So much like when you install a traditional app on a phone, uh, the, the notifications, you have the ability to um, mute those for a period or turn them off, right? I mean, this isn't something that you can, just because it's a PWA, you get to override user preferences.
1: No, so talking about the experience of how this works is also very interesting what I'll do is I'll walk you through a quick, uh, just a quick journey of how this can happen. So someone, let's say, let's, let's relate it just because it's simple to uh, an association's primary website. When we do that, it could be any website. It could be any web application, as long as it's available on the web. So it doesn't, doesn't have to be this particular property, but let's say we go to the main website. The first thing it's going to say is like, uh, is going to say, Would you like to put an icon on your home screen? So instantly we've seen the first advantage of the progressive web app. Instead of going to a store, instead of going to a store, looking for the application, trying to guide people through that process, having them click and download it, Just by the sheer fact that they've ended up on your website through, let's say, organic search, or maybe they were looking for it directly, now that they can have it as part of their phone immediately, they click allow and it's immediately available on their phone. The next step is it will prompt it, say, we would like to send you notifications. And that is the option there. They can either click allow or decline. Now what's interesting about allowing notifications here, Steve, is that you can decide the cadence in which you ask that. So for instance, you may ask them on the first time they visit the site to allow that. You might ask them on the third or fourth time. The system keeps track and through the cookies that are on the phone, it allows to see how many times that person's visited the site and to prompt that message. One of the other powerful features that we also haven't talked about yet is how incredibly fast progressive web web apps are, loading in milliseconds, not seconds. So we are going to take that average web experience and make it lightning fast and allow it to work offline if we choose. So that is another really great next progressive step. So they're not waiting for any of the data or information that they've clicked on from the push notifications.
0: Right. So the number of use cases for charities here is, is literally, you know, without limit. I mean, we could just sit here for the next half an hour and, and name some of those. But I think that one of those opportunities to send that email message to a supporter, have the social post, whatever in the world is the, they, they find you from organic search, whatever it is, but to be able to say, okay, I'm interested enough to, to pop to you on my mobile device for a moment that, that opportunity to go, you're instantly available as an app on their phone. If they click that yes button, I mean, if they just say, yes, I'll add that to my home screen, they don't have to be going all through all those other steps and that offline content opportunity. Now, how does that part of it happen for the user because I think that thinking about the ideas of especially um, event-based use for um, nonprofit organizations, that if you're um, coming to the event, you've got the daily schedule, you've got maybe a map of uh, the conference facility that you're at, you've got abilities for people to um, connect in with some speakers, whatever it might be, Um, just putting that icon on the home screen um, gives them the entree to that. But how soon does it become sort of fully functioning, we've got this select set of offline content you can work with. How quickly can that be available?
1: It's available immediately. And what I mean by that, as fast as your phone can download the files and information that whoever created the PWA has decided will be local, It will will start that process immediately. A great example of this is the Financial Times that has been one of the early adopters of progressive web apps. The second you – every time that you load the site, uh, it's getting all the fresh new files and replacing the old ones. Um, And if you go offline, it makes those articles, information, those images available to you uh, because you can – function offline. The next time you reconnect, if there are updates, it of course replaces and updates that information accordingly. Um, This is absolutely powerful during events, during conferences, any place where you may have limited internet connection. Um, It also allows for people that are traveling or doing different things to have access to content. Because one thing we think about is when you talk about donations, charity, membership, events, that's one aspect. But another aspect is just pure engagement with content, Steve. Right. And that's probably the most important thing is that all of these groups need people to stay engaged with them. And that is the value of the PWA. One of the things that um, we, we, we glanced over and we, we talked about, which is you don't have to install the app anymore. This is also searchable. There are no apps that are searchable. Today, if you make a mobile app, it's in a, you can search inside the, the store, the, the, the Google mm-hmm. Play Store, inside the iOS store, you can search inside there. But this is globally available to the web. So if someone is just searching on a term, they can catch something that's available inside of your progressive web app. And that's not even close to remotely possible inside a mobile application. So now you're flagging people from all over the place that previously that wasn't possible. Another huge advantage of the progressive web app. We haven't talked about its largest one, though, which is an unbelievably huge reduction in total cost of ownership. Right. Um, that's a big one. I don't know if I, you know, I may have jumped ahead there a little bit, Steve, but that is probably the biggest one.
0: Well, I think that there are some things to, to understand first about apps, um, because I do think that there are a lot of organizations that could have benefited from that installed application idea that got into conversations with developers about what would it take to you know, build us something that would be updatable, that would do all this stuff, and, and probably fairly quickly, abandon that concept. It's like the the return on investment just isn't going to be there if we have to keep pouring money into this thing over and over and over again. And it's, you know, you've got to wait for people to actually get to their app store and download it and all those things that kind of get in the way. There's a lot of advantages to that app interface feel. But I do think that people maybe have looked at the idea as it's been brought up to them, like, boy, we really could use um, for this upcoming event, this this outside thing that we're doing, the whatever, we could really use that kind of app interface let's go get some apps developed and then quickly find out that's maybe not the right business path. But that setting kind of put in front of you how many of those folks were ever then told, well, wait a minute, have you considered this instead? Have you thought about the idea of a progressive web app? Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I sought you guys out to, to talk a little bit about this is I don't think nearly enough people are aware that this is even an option, um, let alone how well it functions and all the rest. So let's talk about that, that total cost of ownership with that stage set, That especially compared to the idea of having to exist in the app environment as opposed to, well, let's just leave people in the mobile-first experience on the, on the web and, and that doesn't cost us anything more so we'll just live with that we'll just we'll give up some of the other advantages and we'll just kind of leave that as our way of of existing with people on their mobile devices but there's this other space so yeah can you talk a little bit about what does it cost to think about being in app stores to think about creating and developing for that versus uh, the pwa experience
1: so when we compare and remember the pwa is the child is the love child <laughs> of the web world in the mobile app world. And that was developed as such right from the beginning. So you know, we, leave, we were trying to leave behind what's bad about the web and what's, not, what's uninspiring about the web and leave, around, leave behind the hassle of what's in the mobile app world. So when we talk about the major benefits of the PWA, particularly as we look at the mobile app world, it's definitely total cost of ownership, which I'm gonna break down in just a moment here. It is um, time to market and it's flexibility of updates. Now, there's more than that, but those are the three majors. Let me give you a for instance here. First things first, there's one code base for every device, and everybody understands how to translate and use this progressive web app globally. Today, in the mobile app world, while there are frameworks that try to work across all the platforms, it gets very difficult because you have to support many different types of phones. So first challenge is we've got the Android We've got the Android market, market, right? And then we've got the iOS market. Those are two different code bases and they're developed in two different ways. So, if you want a fast, fluid, really high functioning, responsive application, you need to be programming independently for both of those. So, you are making the same thing in two separate spots. Right there is double your cost. Mm -hmm. The second thing, the second tier is what phones are you going to support on each of those? how many versions are you going to go back on the apple platform how many versions of the of ios are you going to support how many versions of android are you going to support which devices these are less concern, these these concerns are significantly reduced in a progressive web app so we have one code base that is using standard web technologies that's available for any phone that can load it period so when we look at that you you can see like while i can't quote you an exact number i think we can all say that that's some substantial savings.
0: Yeah.
1: Right there. And that's the first part. The next part is bringing applications to life inside these marketplaces take time. If you submit your application for iOS, let's let's call it what it is, it's 4 weeks to get it submitted, reviewed and hopefully it goes online. They might come back and say, you know, the following practices have been violated, you need to change this, which then you have to resubmit to get this thing online. So you're typically looking at anywhere from four to eight weeks once an app is ready to get it submitted successfully and online and available for use. Now, here's where it really hurts you. What about the updates that you have to do to that app? Depending on the level of update or how major of a rework it could or could not be, defines if you have to go back through that process or not. In a progressive web app, we can change whatever we want whenever we want. And it's instantaneous and it's available and it's ready and it's a button on your phone and it's got push notifications and offline contact and it has the ability to leverage geolo- geolocational data. Uh, it has so many powerful features that the phone's hardware ha- can let like, the phone's hardware and the PWA working together. It makes most reasons for creating a mobile app non existent. So now we have instant updates, we have a significant reduction and long-term cost of ownership, which means now we can invest in enhancing and making it better than what it was, getting a better better feedback from the constituents. And also, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is most of these mobile applications that are made, uh, Steve, I hate to tell you this, but they're a dud because they're impossible to find. Yeah. And if there is not a substantial effort around promoting and getting that in everybody's hands and having them interface with it you know you're not going to you're not going to get any traction a lot of people will download the app and then just uninstall it a day later because they don't see the value of it i'd rather run that test on a progressive web app where i can continue change changing and if they come back it's just part of the website than have this very independent thing where it's one and done they took the shot now it's over so, yeah. there's so many financial and so many financial incentives to switch to a progressive web app. And then there's so many flexibility reasons why you would want to be in the progressive web app world. Now you nailed something earlier that I thought was amazing, which was there's, there are a lot of examples of this, but adoption um, for this technology, particularly in the association space, uh, association space can be a little laggard sometimes because it's so new. I believe in my heart that people are missing an enormous opportunity to be first to market. I really do This has been around for a while now. So at least four years, five years. um, And it's really started taking, taking off. So I'll leave it there, but, that's well, I,
0: th- I think you've hit on something I wanted to ask more about, though, which is this um, um, the audiences that I think that people are, are thinking of is, you know, they feel like the way to have that um, um, home screen icon tap swipe around experience is apps. And many, many people are just unaware that we don't have to do that, um, but th- they feel like this is how phones work. It's what we're used to. And I think breaking past that barrier is um, a little bit of a... Uh, of an informational challenge. But I do think that at some point we're going to trip past that critical mass marker where people go, oh, this is just better. Uh, why, why have we been doing it the old way? I don't even understand why we ever did it that way and and people will um, I, I think be there. Now the question is, right, is it the 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 mission across the street, the charity that that is also trying to reach the same audiences that you're trying to reach um, that's out there providing that better experience first um, and and benefiting from that uh, single development kind of uh, cost? I, I think that this is just really an an important moment to show some leadership in the sector to say, We believe that connecting with our audiences in all kinds of ways is core to who we are. We know that people are using their mobile devices more and more and more. And in many cases, it is people's only um, processing device anymore. Lots of people are just abandoning desktop computers, laptops in favor of a decent functioning phone that goes with them everywhere. We need those people to be on our side. So I really appreciate you bringing up this. We have this leadership opportunity. Um, now, that doesn't come without cost. It's it's not just a, you know, we developed a WordPress site that said it was mobile uh, responsive and therefore we're done, right? I mean, that's not how this works. So can you talk a little bit about, all right, I, I believe what you're saying is true, that this is the future. We need people to be ready to respond to us. We want them to integrate to our database. We want them to be able to um, make a donation online that is automatically connected to their account in our database. Those are great things to do. How do I go about making the decision to? To say, I need my website to be able to now be wrapped in this PWA?
1: So interestingly enough, uh, there's a couple ways that you can do this. So there's lots of different options, but the most common way is something that what we call a decoupled architecture. So in a decoupled architecture, there's a front end framework, and this will be a bit technical. There's a front end mm-hmm. framework and there's a website. So today people develop a WordPress site because you use that as an example, we'll go with that. And then in that WordPress in that WordPress site, um, there's like a theme, right. whether they've built it or they've installed it or they bought it or whatever's happened, it's custom, it doesn't matter, it's a theme built in. What we wanna do is we wanna abstract layers. So what we're taking is we're saying, we understand what you are WordPress and we're gonna leave you right where you are. You're a content management utility. And then we're going to create a whole new layer that sits in front. And this layer is called the decoupled architecture. It's called the front end layer. And in that front end layer, there's this particular technology. You may have heard of something that's very popular called React, maybe React or Angular. So React is a front end technology made by Facebook. Angular. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Angular is a front end technology made by Google. Both small companies. (laughs) <laughs> just getting their names out there right and so they use these technologies for all of their stuff and that's why everything on Google and Facebook is basically a PWA they they all of these enhancements are built into what they do so uh, in WordPress you would take let's say I'm gonna take an example and say we're gonna use a react front end and we're gonna build all the design in the presentation layer at this le- at this level. OK, we're going to put everything up here. This is what people interface with. So people are no longer interfacing with WordPress. They're interfacing with the front end layer. Now, remember, to the to the user, it's seamless. And to the person, let's say the association that has this, um, this build out, it works exactly as it's always worked. They're not changing a lot of their behaviors in order for like... I don't want to create the picture that WordPress is no longer in the picture. They will edit their content, manage their content, and do the things that they do in WordPress like they've always done them. The only difference is we've taken all of that layer outside of WordPress and we moved it into its own. That's why it's so fast as well because it is a client-side technology. So it actually harnesses the power of people's computers to help them create those experiences on their computers, their phones, their tablets faster. That's why we go from seconds to milliseconds because it's part of splitting that load. Now in there, we have something called, and I'm going to use the Angular terminology, but they're called service workers. These are little, they're little bots that basically, one is for push notifications, one's for adding a home screen to the button, a button to your home screen or an icon. One is for downloading offline content. One's for leveraging geolocational capabilities. You know, you have a whole bunch of these Different, uh, different capabilities, and we wrap them in what we call service workers. They interface with that front end. So by creating that separation between the two, we're able to we're able to install these service workers on this front end, and that's what creates the PWA experience. That's a very dumbed down version of it, but I think it's important to understand that there is a separation of technology there.
0: So in that understanding um I mean let's let's go ahead and run with the WordPress example for a moment. I mean could that function as the content management system for the nonprofit that's updating their calendars that's putting the new posts out that's you know doing whatever they're doing. I mean they can keep adding the information in there and the presentation layer at the PWA is going to be able to take that and present it without them having to go in and do some kind of separate post just for the the app side of it.
1: Correct. It's all seamless. Okay. So they would make their post. It would be part of the app. Now, one of the cool things you can do in PWAs is to decide inside of that progressive web application what you want people to have access to or not have access to. Oh, So great. it doesn't necessarily have to be just your website. We come back to it because we've used that as a theme throughout this conversation. I don't want people's minds to be stuck in. That's what it is. It's just a fancy website. It's not that. Uh, we've built many web applications uh, that are, particular function, just like a mobile application, but they're web-based technologies that are just for the purpose of creating a really dynamic progressive web app experience. Or you could take portions of a website and say, say, I don't want to show all of my website. Right now, we make a website, it's responsive. Typically, it shows most or, or all of the data. A progressive web app allows us to kind of shave and cut that content in a different kind of way. We do have control over it today from a responsive perspective, but it allows us to do more with it. Um.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you about a a specific use case in that world where, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I I run into organizations seeking all the time is, you know, when you do have people at a large scale event and you want them to be doing more data interactive things like um, placing a a silent auction bid on an item or whatever. um, Sure, you can have a piece of paper there and ask people to write things down on it and whatnot, and hopefully they end up actually transacting their thing. But the more progressive uh, organizations that are looking at that opportunity to engage with somebody who's in a space and go, I need a financial transaction from you, but I also want this kind of data connection to you. What do you care about in our mission? What brought you here today? Those are things that... Um, we could leverage through a a phone-based interface in a different way than an app would allow it to be, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly. So the ability to sort of autofill information from your phone should be easier than perhaps some apps make it, if I understand this right.
1: It should be, and it could be, yes. Now, that depends on what technology you have access to, how their phones... I mean, there's lots of pieces that have an effect on that, but absolutely, it provides... provides larger opportunity for that without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Yeah, I get used to these days with you know my phone uh, being able to autofill things, so I don't have to you know sit there and, and type on a very small screen for any length of time. Um, and when I run into that um, older app that hasn't been updated, that doesn't know how to reach in and do those things, it's just a very frustrating experience. To go, really, you want me to just type this stuff in while I'm standing around in this space? We want that connection experience with people where they are, but recognizing that 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 mobile first experience does not mean it's a great place to do loads of data. And So I think finding that, how do we make the experience for that user in that moment the best thing it can be, even if it's just let's capture a little bit of information now so that when they are at a desktop and we can connect with them better and and learn more, they've got that full keyboard, they've got that ability to spend some time with it. But knowing that we can uh, figure out what's the right way to interact with them rather than saying, here's our website, come here and type in lots and lots of little tiny fields, which I think is a challenging thing to do in a mobile environment.
1: Oh, I agree. And I, I agree with what you've said uh, in that, that statement. Um, you know, there's really, there's 10 major, 10 major things that make a, a progressive web app a progressive web app. Uh, but ultimately, everything about the progressive web app is to remove barriers and make things easier. Make, make processes, make journeys, make experiences, make actions easier for whoever is consuming that progressive web app. And that's the value.
0: So you mentioned geolocation is one of those things that you can kind of tag into. And I've, I've certainly had this happen periodically where um, I'm on a website at my desktop and it asks for permission to um, access my location data. And I'm like, what What do you care? Where I'm not out in the world, I'm just sitting at my desk. Why, why are you asking for that? it's probably already connected to that progressive web app experience. It it knows that if I give it permission now, then when I'm looking at that information again on my phone, I've already granted it permission and it will be able to give me relevant information based on where I am. Is that kind of what's happening there?
1: Yes, so the answer is it could be. And the reason I say that is it has to make that relation between the desktop and the uh, mobile phone. Now here's how it can do that and here's how it can't, but it has nothing to do with the progressive web app. So if you're on your desktop, and you go to the website and it says i'd like to keep track of uh keep track of the location like you give them permission to say i'd like to know where you are if you load the same website from your home you have the same ip so if the technology is smart which sometimes this comes back to development it can coordinate those t- it can coordinate those two and say this is the same person hmm. but if you don't do that you would have to accept again on your cell phone Okay. Or you would have to have some kind of defining factor there. So, but yes, um, there's a lot. What you're what you're cresting into now is what we call digital experience management, or many people call it personalization, just to make it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the next big bastion of the web, and PWAs are a major delivery vessel for that. So that is that every single web experience, every single web application experience is personalized to you, down yeah. to the individual.
0: And I think there's an amazing value for charities in that in in several ways. One is that we're not you know maybe a little different from some other types of businesses, and that you know our our primary mission isn't always to have some kind of a commercial transaction. Of course, we would love to have donations from loads and loads of people, but often a lot of these things are are mission based applications where it's like we're trying to provide a service to folks and knowing where they are really challenge changes that to to be more personal um, to it, not just saying here's a drop-down menu where you could try to search for the types of services we provide in your area, but rather we know where you are. Here are the types of services we provide where you are and here's these other pieces to, to help that friction question happen again. I think it's not just this apps are only based for event-based stuff or whatever. It really can change how we think about service delivery in the nonprofit sector in very meaningful ways. Uh, I know a little bit uh, from an earlier conversation that um of your clients are uh, nonprofit association type things, not, not charitable organizations, but 501c6 type groups that are reaching loads and loads and loads of people with specific needs for services. They're, they're in that association because they want help with you know getting their their regular daily tasks done. Being able to understand more about them wherever they are, I think, is a, an amazing value that perhaps many charities have just not really contemplated. What does this do for us if we have that level of personalization?
1: Well, oh. So I want to make sure that I fully understand your question, Steve. So what you're asking me is, um, what is the value of geolocation for a charity-based organization that's perhaps more driven by donations and message?
0: Actually, kind of the other to say, uh, the service delivery component um, can integrate to this differently from how it's been done with just a a mobile first experience on the web, right? That that because you've got the ability to use all of the benefits of that app experience, your service delivery models can change for those users. That personalization you were talking about um, is out there where maybe the management hadn't been thinking about this as a service delivery tool, but rather as that kind of, you know, how do we get more donations tool? I think looking at the cost experience of how are we actually delivering the services of our mission through these improved technologies is another business case driver that maybe many charities haven't begun to think about yet with PWAs.
1: Oh, I would certainly agree with that statement. Sorry I misunderstood there, Steve. Uh, I think that that's absolutely the case. I think that um, it opened us up new lines of thinking that do not follow the you know the standard road. Uh, we've seen people be very creative on on leveraging this. Now, I am going to take it back even to back to that charity, that donation aspect is this is an extremely powerful technology to have in those critical times. Um, right. So if you have a major campaign coming up or a major, um, major campaign coming up for any type of donation drive, that's going to be very powerful. Um, you're also... You know, we've seen amazing things happen with this in terms of keeping people connected outside of taking outside of the association membership, which you just discussed going back to that charitable organization. It's a lot, people are taking that service model that you're talking about and they're really attaching people to the mission by keeping them in the loop on the really relevant things that are happening within their organization. And because they're doing that, they're maintaining, they're, they're helping better communicate you know, why those donations, why that contribution is valuable and how it's having a net impact without spamming them with email, without following very traditional paths of communication that are pretty much globally unacceptable at this point. Yeah. In my opinion, like they're very stale and people just don't want it. So how do you get to them in the way that they want it? They're like, oh, look at this. You know, they just, it pops up on their phone. It's their option.
0: And, and relevant to that time and space then, that they're in, rather than uh, something that may be having to make a, a universal push to absolutely everybody in the database all at the same time, whether that's the right time and space for them to hear that message or whatever need it might be. I, I think that that's an amazing opportunity to change the relationship with how supporters might choose to interact with us. Um, you, you mentioned these kind of service worker bot opportunities um, in in that presentation layer. How many ways can you envision to um, think about connecting with people based on their mobile experience as opposed to anybody that just happens to have an email client open?
1: Well, so the first thing is because we have the ability to store offline content more than just in what we would call the browser cookies or things like that. Um, we are we now have the capability to understand that individual significantly more than we did in the past right so we can have different flags different let's flags and levers and things so we are really able to personalize based on the data that they've provided us through their browsing history through how they've engaged with the pwa and the selections that that they've made that we can either ace, we can store those in the cookies but we can also store those on the phone themselves if that makes sense right so once once we have that we can upload that data back and forth we can do so much with it so you are talking about that personalized response so in an email communication your point you know thank you everyone we did this or we did that maybe we're just talking to that particular individual on the thing that they donated to on the campaign that they committed to and what the results of that campaign were as opposed to blasting everybody about it right and losing people in that process because they don't want to hear about it not in a negative way you know you don't but you want to you want to understand that people want to eliminate as much noise in this busy world from from their communications as possible this helps us give the right communication to the right people at the right time
0: And that allows you to connect to a number of different types of uh, customer relationship management tools in the back end in terms of, you know, where does this data about them sit? Is that dependent on what the charity has decided? If they're using Salesforce over here, that's fine. If they're using a Bloomerang thing over there, that's okay. Or um, do you have to have some connection between whatever the data is going to sit in and how the customer is going to interact with it?
1: depending on what you want to do with the data and how deep you want to go on personalization or the power of the progressive web app, uh, I would recommend a connection to uh, absolutely whatever your AMS or your uh, your, your client re- retention management system is, your customer relationship management system is, um, whatever that system is. Because what I found in the association and charitable markets, everybody calls it something different, whether they're going sure. CRM or AMS. Or, or their donation, their giving platform, whatever you want to call it, we do need to make that connection. Now that's an integration and you can be with or without that. But if, for the level of stuff that we're now talking about, I would recommend that you would kind of have to be with that integration.
0: And, and that point to earlier about total cost of ownership of this versus trying to think about app-based platforms is we can do that um, once and presuming that you're not uh, changing out whatever you're using for your backend database every six months, uh, that, that part of it once it gets done, should continue to function relatively seamlessly, you know, as a content around it updates or ideas around it may change, but that connection should be able to be stable.
1: Correct. And where your where your areas of risk or cost are, are when you do major upgrades or you change the way uh, okay. a particular API or data is structured. But as long as you're planning ahead on that, you should be fine. Um, well, I would say one thing I would say about the integrations and leveraging of PWA is that is that they're just as stable as anything else. And they're going to work the same way a web integration works entirely. Like okay. if you were looking at it in traditional sense,
0: well, let me ask you about the planning thing because we're starting to run a little low on time, and i i I think that this is a leadership opportunity. This is a moment for people to be able to offer that that distinct um, higher value experience to people that they want to deal with. But it's not something that you just you know drop tomorrow. Um so I think as people are looking at, Um, What are we doing on our web experience? You know, how do we start thinking of the next time you're thinking about um, offering something more in the web, you're making that interface change. I'm assuming that's a good time to begin thinking, how much more is it going to take for us to go that extra step and really add this component to our experience as well? I mean, it seems to me that doing that while you're talking about um, a website upgrade would be the time. um, But of course, it's not the only way you can do it.
1: It's not the only way you can do it. It is definitely the time to talk about it without a shadow of a doubt. You definitely want this on the table. Um, You can also take your existing web properties today uh, for the most part, depending review and make them PWA available. So if you've recently completed a, uh, let's call it a website redesign um, over the last year or two, you typically have enough best practices, but to, to leverage what's there. Um, Separating that layer will, will cost some additional funds and there will be some reworking that needs to be done, but ultimately it's worth it. One of the strengths of the PWA, again, it, that people struggle with is not being pronounced or, or rather talked about, is so valuable, right. is that most charitable sites are slower than all get out. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're slow. And this is a major thing, right? Because we, yeah. we have data that tells us this is impacting our mission. But we don't really take into account how we're going to fix that or what we're going to do about it. We try to work really hard to get those. We might work, they might work with their vendor or their internal team to get those as low as possible. But on some point, there's this big old give up on that. Right. There's like, well, this is as good as it can be. This opens the door to have instantly responding experiences that will blow people away. Right. And, and they feel and function like an app. Again, we're we're off track on that, right? They feel and function like a a mobile application and they're lightning fast.
0: I think that your point, it can't be understated for those of us that um, you know started using the web back in the 20th century and dial up and all the rest of it. We had this experience of, of course, you're waiting for a site to load. Of course you do. Um, that's just how we experienced the early days. And maybe there's some legacy acceptance of lag and whatnot. But I think today's users that have only known broadband, that have only known um, a faster loading site, um, they get to something that takes three, four seconds to show up. And they're like, well, I'm leaving. There's got to be a better way to do this. And then, and they'll go try to find it rather than wait around for something to happen. So I do think that that understanding of, you know, you, you know, long-term nonprofit manager may not think this is as big a deal in your life, but the average ordinary mobile processor user, who's got, you know, a, a unbelievably powerful supercomputer in their hand, if it doesn't do what they want it to do fairly quickly, they'll go look for a different way to do it.
1: And I want to put it in the, into the aspect of a campaign Let's say we're still using, because you may not have all things in your progressive web app. Let's live in reality. You do a massive blast out to 20, 30,000 people, all asking them to donate to this upcoming campaign that you have. Here's where the practicality is. What really hurts websites and website response times is the amount of concurrent people accessing and using the website. Right. So it all starts coming in and then you don't know it and you've never known it, but people start dropping out of that process because it's not two seconds to load the next form to take your credit card. It's taking 10 to 20 seconds. Sometimes it's just timing out because your website can't handle the load of all the people that you've contacted. Progressive web apps help us eliminate or mitigate that risk tremendously. What if I could tell you they're all having an experience under one second? Because it's client-side processing? Is that why that happens? Correct. Because not everything is happening on the server side to make sure, like there's still stuff that has to happen there and there's still impact to um, how much load the server can take. But at the same time, you're taking a huge portion of that load and you're pushing it onto what we call the local client. You're pushing it onto the phone, the device. So when you're taking those responsibilities away, it's that much less that the servers have to worry about.
0: Yeah. And maybe a few years ago, that um, that handheld device wasn't as powerful as it is today. But holy mackerel to the phones that we're walking around with today. I mean, even something that was bought two or three years ago, if, if you're still using that same device, it's got the power to do what you need it to do. You know, This kind of local processing for just your request, that's not much. So it's not really going to be a thing if you distribute that across all of those users, those thousands of people that are seeing that message. That's a fantastic advantage that I just wasn't even thinking about until this conversation. So thanks for sharing that.
1: That It's really impressive. And PWAs can actually do both. They can do server side or client side. So I don't want to be hung on a technicality from your listeners in case they know. I understand that there's both versions of this. What I recommend for the charitable organizations or the nonprofit market is that, that we look heavily on moving as much of that load as possible to the client side because it creates too much overhead and too much cost for the associations, for the nonprofits, for the charitable organizations to, to handle.
0: So so much more that I would love to talk with you about, but we really are just about out of time. So I'd like to make kind of my final question about, um, you've sparked some interest. There's somebody that's out there that's going, all right, I'm, I'm ready to be future thinking. I'm ready to take a leadership position and start figuring this out. What's their next step? How do they begin uh, exploring what what might be right for them?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is if you Google progressive web apps, check out the, check out Google's definition because Google created the progressive web app. Or let me rephrase that. They claim that they did, I'm sure that they <laughs> did, you know, but uh, I'm not, I'm not Al Goring over here, you know, like they're the, sure. they're the, they're the ones that said that they've created it. Uh, next step would be reach out to a firm like ours. Uh, this is a world that requires guidance and there are new technologies that are being used today. So I'd highly recommend that those folks reach out to unleash technologies. Even if we're not the right match, we'll get you in the right direction and we'll give you the guidance that you need to understand the pros and cons of the progressive web app approach.
0: Good. I think that's the absolute right thing to do is ask for that help. Um, find out what's coming. And it may be that you go, all right, we need you know a six-month ramp up. We, we need a little bit of time to talk to our supporters about this. We need to do whatever. Great. Go find that out now. You know, Have that conversation. Learn what's the right path. But I do think um, not waiting for a lot longer because there will be those folks that will see the advantages that will start moving before you. And um, I think it's going to be important for those forward-thinking organizations to take that leadership position sooner rather than later. Because I do think soon more people are really going to go, why have we ever been doing the traditional uh, Play Store type web app with, or, or uh, application in the first place? This just makes so much more sense.
1: So um, it, that it,
0: said, it, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I said it really does. It really makes a lot more sense.
0: So that said, we, we are out of time. And I just um, want to acknowledge again, uh, Michael Spinoza is the CEO of Unleashed Technologies. Michael, thank you so much for being with me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that we help some people today.